Welcome to the Middle Tech Podcast, this region's leading business podcast, shining a light on technology, entrepreneurship, and the future of business in Kentucky and beyond. Our goal is to advance the ecosystem by bringing attention to the founders, changemakers, innovators, and those supporting them. Middle Tech's content can be found on your favorite podcast streaming app, social channels, and YouTube. We encourage you to follow and participate in the conversation. Let's discuss and build the future. Welcome back to the Middle Tech Podcast. You've got Logan Jones here recording out of Awesome Inc.'s studio in Lexington, Kentucky. And today's a little bit different of an episode. We're going to call this the Meta Podcast because this is a podcast about making a podcast. So I sat down with Nate Antetomaso, who's one of the co-founders of Middle Tech. Uh, he's who took care of all of the editing and all of that good stuff in the early days. He is who helped get it off the ground along with Evan. So we sat down and just talked about all that goes into starting a podcast in 2021. Uh, we've been talking to a couple people, past guests, uh, people that we've come on their podcast, and it just seems like everyone has questions about what's the best way to go about starting a podcast right now. And I think the short answer is there's a bunch of different ways to get to the same end goal, but we wanted to do an episode highlighting the different processes that we use, the different softwares we use, and just how we go about making a weekly podcast like Middle Tech in general. So Nate and I just sat down and kind of riffed about everything that goes into it from what you do before you hit record, how you go about recording and the software you use for it, how we edit our podcast, how we publish our podcast and everything in between. So this was a, a fun episode for us to kind of sit down and give you guys a behind the scenes look, pull the curtain back. And we also wanted to do this because if you haven't noticed, the podcasting space is absolutely exploding right now. The valuations of podcast companies are through the roof. There's tons of venture capital being raised around it. And just in general, there's a lot of people really interested in podcasting and wanting to start their own podcast. Uh, so there's a lot of software and technology that goes into it. There's a lot of really smart people working in the space right now. So we just wanted to get this out there and make this meta podcast to hopefully help inspire some of you guys and steer you in the right direction. If you're one of those people who wants to get into podcasting. So welcome to the meta podcast. We hope you guys enjoy. Uh, before we dive in, as always, we want to get a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor land betterment. Land Betterment is doing some incredible work throughout Appalachia and Eastern Kentucky as they are taking abandoned strip mines and putting sustainable businesses in their place. These businesses not only provide a useful repurposing of the land, but they also provide great jobs to replace the mining jobs that were lost when the mine was shut down. To learn more about Land Betterment, you can listen to our interview with their founders, Mark Jensen and Kirk Taylor, on episode 97, or visit their website at landbetterment.com. We're also sponsored by Airwing Ventures. Airwing helps determined entrepreneurs seeking resources to grow with capital and connections in order to build successful companies and impactful legacies. They're all about high growth companies, high growth careers, and high growth communities. I've personally known Dan Beldy for about four years now, and I've seen the work he's been doing in the community, and we should all feel very blessed and grateful that a VC like himself is here in Kentucky. I encourage you to connect with Airwing and learn more Let's all grow this state together. You can reach out to Dan at info at airwing.vc or dan at airwing.vc. And their website is www.airwing.vc.
All right, welcome back to the Middle Tech Podcast. This is a unique podcast because it's almost like a meta podcast, a podcast about <laughs> podcasting. Uh, Nate and I wanted to sit down. We've been getting asked some questions about how we do what we do and what we use to do what we do. So we wanted to record an episode about it. Yeah, this was uh, this was your idea, Logan. I think it's a great idea. I know you wrote a blog like two or three months ago now, and then we did um, a quick little like weekend reading of that blog. So it was a podcast about a blog about podcasting. But I think this is a much more like casual, good format just to kind of open the curtain. Is that the phrase? And like show people how we go through what we do every single week to get a episode out in the feeds. Yeah, I mean, podcasting right now is kind of exploding. Everyone wants to have a podcast. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people that already have a podcast. There's a lot of people who, let's just say, don't do it as efficiently or as good as they could be doing. And I yeah. mean, that, that was Which us was us in for the a beginning. long time. Yeah, for a <laughs> long time. So we just want to sit down and talk a little bit about how we started off, like what it looked like in the early days and kind of how that evolved and what we've learned along <laughs> the way. Uh, and yeah. hopefully some people out there can take that and apply that to their own podcast and improve their efficiency. And uh, that always helps with consistency, which is kind of the name of the game when it comes to podcasting. We we obviously, having done this for three, over three years now and, you know, launching kind of tangential shows that we have, like we are super long podcasts in the audio format. And it's easier than ever for people to, to start one. And everybody has something unique that they're interested in or some unique combination of talents or whatever it is like everyone can just start talking and they'll find a small little niche audience if they do that right. So we kind of just wanted to, to show how we do it and then see how people can evolve their process. Yeah. Something I've been, I've been saying recently is like podcast is the best way to share your thoughts at scale. Yeah, Like you can record it and you know, theoretically millions of people could go and listen to that 30 minutes that you sat mm -hmm. down and got behind a mic uh, and, and let your thoughts kind of flow freely. Um, and before we dive into this, I think it's worth noting, we are by no means professionals. There are lots of people who do this yeah. way better than what we do. Um, but we found a process that works for us. That's efficient. That allows all of us to have full-time jobs and still do this. So yeah, uh, take everything we're saying with a grain of salt because it's all <laughs> kind of been self-learned along the way. Yeah. Right. There's people who make a shit ton of money consulting <laughs> yeah. and doing this a lot better than us, but we've, I think we found a good balance of like pretty good production that like the untrained ear would think is really good, but also like almost fully self-taught and just <laughs> whipping shit together like we do. So well, that's, I, that's the perspective we're coming from it. For sure. So I think a good place to start this is by having you just kind of go over what it looked like day one, yeah. little tech podcast. How did you guys kick this thing off? Yeah, we'll have to promote this episode with this picture. Um, but there's a picture of our setup, me and Evan, when we recorded the first episode and it is a uh, a blue snowball microphone, uh, which are everywhere now. They're actually a pretty popular entry-level mic. Um, but back then, it was the only microphone that had two-day shipping on Amazon. And we decided we wanted to do this podcast. And it was cheap, so we were like, screw it. I guess that's the microphone we're using. Um, and it, the picture that we have is it set up on the desk. And then uh, Evan had like a TV behind it. We had one laptop open with audition, which we'll talk about another with some, I think a Google doc or might've done word back then of our notes. And then me and Evan sitting like four feet away from this singular microphone in the middle. And I don't even know how we picked up 
okay sounding audio i think the laundry was going on in the background danny used to live with evan he was doing his laundry or something i think you can hear like the dryer you know do that beat (laughs) at one point um but that's all we had you know we used what was available and we set this thing up so uh we had audition which um is adobe's audio editing software um, at that point, I still had my Adobe subscription through UK, even though I had graduated like six or so months prior. So I was like, well, I have this. I guess this is what we can use. It's free on my computer. So we decided to use that. I learned how to plug in this mic and track it to the track on Audition and press the record button. And we just went at it. And then I pressed stop. Thankfully, like didn't delete it somehow, having no idea what I was doing in the software. And then just started looking up YouTube videos, like what are the basic things you can do to make the audio sound better? Um, how, you know, how do you even clip? Like, how do you cut the track to delete a part? I didn't know how to do that. Um, so just like the very basics and then exported it. And at that time we were using SoundCloud um, to host, which I think, cause I think SoundCloud could automatically push it to like Apple and one other weird one it wasn't even like spotify um but then after we did five episodes we found out soundcloud was going to charge us for the sixth episode and on and we were we didn't have any money for this (laughs) so then i had to figure out how to like redirect uh the hosting to the platform we use now and i'll let you get into all of what we do now but it was basically i i think the 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 moral of that story is we just used what was in front of us and we used we found the easiest way the the path of least resistance from idea to start the podcast which we've talked about a bunch to published episode and it wasn't perfect by any means but we found a free and relatively easy way to do it and that's the best way to do it when you start is just find what you can do to get it out there because that's what matters absolutely and i think it's becoming easier and easier with the software that's available and with the equipment that's available it's really not that expensive Mm -hmm. to do a pretty high quality podcast and we'll kind of talk more about how we discovered that but even the technology that's kind of come out since we've started doing it it's pretty incredible like the the software we're using now called riverside.fm uh would highly recommend checking them out we'll talk more about them in detail but i mean a lot of these softwares do a lot of the process for you that that used to be manual um, yeah. So let's kind of talk to start as we kind of transition to what we used to do to what we do now um, and start talking about what you actually need to do before you hit the record button to record your podcast. Um, so I had listed down here as kind of the first thing that I would do starting a podcast, and that is to establish what you're trying to accomplish with your podcast. The last thing you want to do is sit down to record, whether you're recording on your own or with a guest or with another co-host and not know what you're trying to accomplish. Like your podcast needs a mission mm-hmm. of some sort. Um, you know, Middle Text in the early days was actually really robust. Evan tells the story over and over about how he was one of the first employees at Fuji and all of this cool stuff was going on, this incredible story. Nate, you were part of that as well. Uh, mm-hmm. And nobody in the startup community knew about Fuji. Um, so Middle Tech was started purely to get the word out about what was going on in the startup ecosystem Uh, to start. It was just Lexington because there was a good amount going on in Lexington. Um, But that was the mission. And that made it really easy for you guys to go in and and talk about what was going on specifically in the startup ecosystem. 
Yeah. And I think what's important there is that we were part of it. You know, nobody was talking about it and we were in it. So it wasn't something we had to do a bunch of research on. It wasn't something we had to like stretch to talk confidently about. It was natural for us. We were already having these conversations. We just put that mic in front of us. Yeah. And I think that's that part specifically is really important because it's kind of hard to sit behind a mic and and flow and like let the conversation just kind of roll off your tongue, especially if you're just kind of riffing it. You really have to know your shit. Like you can't just go and be like, okay, I'm going to start a crypto podcast and then go and (laughs) assume that you're just going to be able to bullshit your way through it. Like, yeah, make sure you know your stuff. Um, And that kind of leads into the second part of why you should establish what you want to accomplish with your podcast, because I assume most podcasts are going to want to have guests on and sourcing guests uh, is something that I feel like doesn't get the credit for the difficulty that yeah of of actually doing it um but sourcing guests and guests that people actually want to listen to and guests that are you know subject matter experts and whatever you're bringing them on to talk about is difficult um so nate talk about how you guys went about getting guests on the podcast and kind of how that's grown into what it is today we we started with just people who were close to us and you know who we had easy access to you know, podcasting is a networking game when you have guests. It's a networking game at the end of the day. Um, but as we were, you know, we were younger then and still building our networks, it started with just people who were tangentially relevant to our mission uh, that we could have on. I don't think we had our first guest till like episode five or six. And it was, I believe our first guest was Doyle at UK who taught both of us. I know he taught you as well mm-hmm. uh, later on, but it was just somebody who talked about entrepreneurship at Kentucky that liked to talk candidly. (laughs) So we were like, let's just have him. He came to Fuji and we recorded there uh, in the conference room. And then we went to UK's campus to record at the venture studio with, um, with the directors over there. So it was just people who we knew also wanted to talk uh, and get their, their statements out there. So it was pretty easy. But then once you have those handful of episodes and you have a couple guests who have some name recognition, it's much easier to uh, to put yourself out there and get better guests, get um, you know higher profile guests because it's almost like you have an excuse to reach out to them and you have something to show by by showing them the episodes you've already put out. Yeah, and specifically for Middle Tech, you know, all three of us, well, actually, the entire team is plugged into the startup ecosystem to some degree, but mm-hmm. we are we're lucky to have Evan because Evan is great at yeah. relationships and he's networking. a wizard. He is a wizard. So. I, as much as I hate to compliment Evan, he is great at, <laughs> at networking and get us, getting us some really cool guests. Um, so I, that's all just I to used say. to, sorry, I used to compare myself to him in that way. I was like, you know, he's like sourcing all these guests. Shit, what am I doing for the podcast? <laughs> and then I was like, okay, I'm actually doing everything else. <laughs> I'm editing it and publishing it. So that kind of complimentary skill, which we didn't even think about at the time, I think also helped. Yeah, I mean... That's that's exactly the way you should look at it. Like it's it's a skill, yeah. and he's had. Let's face it, he's had a lot more time to perfect that skill. I mean, he was at Fuji when he was yeah. like twenty years old, meeting with execs in LA. So I mean, he's mm-hmm. you know he's had a lot of time to hone that skill. Um, but that's just kind of all to say, you know, your your guest list and how you curate guests is all relationship based. It becomes a lot easier and it becomes more of a flywheel once you start getting those guests on. Um, but the next step, once you kind of have that guest identified. You want to build rapport with your guests before they even come on the show. You, like you don't mm-hmm. want the first time you're talking to your guests to be when you're sitting down in front of a microphone. Yeah. Because there's just too much awkwardness that can kind of occur 
when you're first meeting someone, yeah. like, let's face it, you know, you don't really know each other yet. You haven't really established that kind of like communication style that each other's goes by. So what middle tech does to kind of combat that is we set up intro calls with each of our guests before we even record with them. Um, mm -hmm. so typically the flow goes, we get an introduction from somebody, um, we'll email back and forth with them and say, Hey, before we even record, we'd love to hop on an intro call, tell you about what we're doing, tell you, learn a little bit more about what you're doing. Um, and that's pretty much the, the whole conversation is we tell them about the mission of middle tech. They tell us about what they've been doing and we don't really ever say it that we're trying to build rapport with them, but that's exactly what's going on. Like it, that accomplishes a couple of different things. It makes us comfortable with talking to each other. Um, but then to kind of move on to the next part of this is it allows us to uh, kind of craft discussion notes. We call them the guardrails of the conversation. You know, mm -hmm. our podcast is very conversational, but you can you can lose the conversation in the woods if you don't have like a destination you're trying to take. it. Yeah. So that intro call allows us to say, okay, here's what you're doing. Here's what we think our audience would find relevant. Here's the learnings we can kind of take out of that. Okay, we're going to take that craft some discussion notes of how we thought the conversation will flow. And then that is incredibly helpful when it comes to actually sitting down to record. Yeah. On the flip side, the discussion notes also help push the conversation along. You know, if that intro call didn't break all of the ice and make it fully unawkward by the time you record, having those discussion notes, you know, if you come to like a natural end of a point or end of a conversation and you're not that close to where you can just keep talking like you have an excuse to change the subject or an excuse to pick it back up and get that flow going again yeah and it takes the pressure off of you and the guest both like it yeah, you don't have to feel exactly. so nervous like what are we going to talk about like for me mm -hmm. if i was a guest of a podcast it, it makes me a little bit uneasy if i don't know where <laughs> the conversation is going to go period like yeah i'm good at kind of riffing but i think everyone always appreciates having the discussion notes yeah. Question for you. Do you think that the bene the full benefit of um, discussion notes in that sense makes the most sense for a podcast like Middle Tech, where we have a specific thing we want to talk about? We want to talk about our guest startup. We want to talk about their journey versus today. I was just listening to Armchair Expert by Dax Shepard, where he just interviews celebrities. And it sounds like they have no idea where the conversation is going to go. They literally are just talking about anything and everything. Do you think there can be, depending on what people start their podcast about, benefits to just letting it fully flow freely? Yeah, absolutely. I actually listened to a podcast about this. Um, I'll try to find that and link it in the description. It's by A16Z. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's just about like how to be a good podcast host. It's it's very similar to what we're doing here. And that the whoever was making that podcast was saying that she doesn't like talking to the guest about what they're going to be talking about. She likes kind of making it the first time they're talking about it. Um, yeah. which I think is something like what you're talking about, where it's going to be a very free flowing conversation. And I think Joe Rogan actually does this as well, but just for okay. me personally, I'm going to probably map out in my head to some extent, even if I don't write it down, at least like some basic things that I want to ask, like it's going to have a very loose structure to an extent. Now there's probably some people out there that are great at, at riffing and just kind of going yeah. with the flow. Um, and that's also kind of leads into another good thing, which is like, as a host, you have to be a great listener. Like you don't mm -hmm. ever, even if we have discussion notes in front of us, I don't want to be totally disregarding what the person, what the guest is telling me, just trying to figure out how I can get to the next question. Like a lot of times there's opportunity to dig deeper into a subject. If you're really listening and thinking of a thoughtful question. Um, so that's all to just say, like, I'm sure it's different for everybody and there's different styles that'll be, that'll work for you. That might not work for us. 
But for me, I'm going to have some sort of loose structure, even if it's only in my head before I go into into the recording. Yeah. And even if as a host, you're the perfect riffer and off the cuff, the guest might not be, which could yeah. be an issue. Which might be something you just want to communicate to them with. Like if it makes yeah. them more comfortable, then send them a couple of topics that you want to discuss. Like it doesn't have to be anything formal. Just shoot them a text and say, I want to talk about this, 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 this. That might make somebody much more comfortable with coming on your For show. Sure. All right. Um, so now let's talk a little bit about the equipment and recording setup that we use currently. Um, you talked about having that uh, that little snowball mic sitting in front of you yeah. around a table. Um, so we've we've evolved quite a bit since then, and that's in big things. And we owe a big shout out to Awesome Inc. Um, so kind of how that evolution happened. I guess I came on about six months uh, after the inception of Middle Tech was when I started helping around then. Correct me if that timeline's off. Um, but after I came on, I was still working at Awesome Inc. Awesome Inc. built a studio, got a bunch of really legit equipment, which I'm sitting on uh, recording with right now, and actually built uh, a pretty legit studio. And they yeah. were super nice to let us use that. So you can ask Garrett Farbach about what kind of equipment this is. Actually, this actually is. I'm honestly not quite sure. I know it's called <laughs> a, a Sure Sure Mic with a Behringer um, audio interface and some cloud lifters. It's a lot of complex stuff. Like you could have a full college major about all the different audio, audio equipment and everything. Yeah. Um, but that was completely self-taught as well. I remember when we first started trying to use this stuff, like I had no idea how to even hook it up to my computer. Like I've got all mm -hmm. this, these wild mics and like an audio interface with all these knobs. Um, and that was all completely self-taught too. And a good little story about the first time I tried doing it, I messed it up pretty bad. Um, I had plugged into my computer and I didn't know how to control the inputs on my computer. And I ended up recording a full episode from my computer mic where I was sitting <laughs> probably 10 feet away from Evan because I wasn't co-host at this time, Evan and whoever he was recording with at the time. So uh, that's just to say it's easy to mess this stuff up. Um, but currently we use Sure Mics, uh, Behringer Audio Interface, and this is like the creme de la creme of mm -hmm. podcast equipment. You can do really high quality with much lower cost stuff. Um, but Awesome Inc. has been awesome letting us use this stuff. Now, the second yeah, half... We were Go ahead. We were so lucky with the with the timing of uh, you coming on and then the building that studio right right around then. And obviously they were so nice to let us use it. I know I don't know if it's that specific mic that you guys have there, but there is a Sure mic. It's like Sure seven thousand or seven hundred, something like that. That is like the most popular podcast microphone by far. It mm -hmm. like doubles the next mic that people use in like usage. So definitely kind of the the gold standard if you have the money to to invest in a really good mic uh to start a podcast that being said i don't think you need top of the line especially when you're starting out here yeah. in chicago i'm using another blue microphone it's like the step above the snowball now um but i have like a pillow right in front of me to to block echo i'm really close to the mic i've adjusted all the settings of it so if you can like dig in and teach yourself some of that stuff and make sure your environment is good and then edit it well, you know, a, a cheaper mic can get you some really good sounding stuff. Yeah. And just some like little cheat codes before I hit this, actually, I want to mention that you can, if you're in Lexington, you can rent Awesome Inc. Studio and I would highly recommend it. Garrett is the nicest guy literally on planet Earth um, and he knows his stuff when it comes to setting the mm -hmm. stuff up. So if you're in Lexington, definitely check out renting out Awesome Inc. Studio. Now, some hacks that you can do. So I'm not, I don't always like coming down to the awesome Inc. studio. I have, I think the same mic you have in front of you and there's some yep. cheat codes that you can do if you're at home to make it sound nice. 
Um, you know, one of the things that makes your audio sound cheap kind of right off the bat is if there's echo with it, like pretty much any room you're going to be in is going to have echo to some extent. So if you're sitting at home, at least what I do, maybe you do this as well. You mentioned the pillow there. I'll throw a full blanket over my head, <laughs> like head and mic and everything. And it looks, yeah. it would look completely ridiculous if I had video on or if I was being viewed by somebody else, but just for pure audio quality, like throwing a blanket over your head is kind of a little cheat code. I've also put a bunch of pillows around it, but anything to just kind of absorb those sound waves that might be bouncing around everywhere uh, goes a long way with having a, maybe a cheaper mic, but still trying to get that good sound quality. For sure. I did the uh, the blanket trick after you mentioned it once when I was recording uh, one of the re- weekend readings or something. It got so hot. I was only there for <laughs> like 10 minutes and I could tell by the end I was like rushing through it. So I was like, okay, this isn't the best for, for me as a host to just be engulfed in a blanket. So whatever yeah. people can use. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay. So aside from equipment, you're going to need some software to record yeah. uh, your podcast as well. So like Nate mentioned, um, God bless University of Kentucky. They've been supplying us with <laughs> Adobe Edition for a couple of years now. Um, we actually pay for it uh, to some extent now. I'm not really sure how much, but I think we're still <laughs> Uh, using UK's software license, even if we have to. We're still supported by the University of Kentucky. <laughs> Maybe we should edit that out eventually <laughs> in post. But um, no, that that addition is probably, I would consider, like the top, top of the line as far as software goes. Um, and we just so happen to have a free subscription to it if you're a student at UK. So we've kind of milked that. Um, mm. But shoot, you could do a whole episode on recording on Audition. Um, and, and honestly, it's not even worth me getting into too much detail other than saying we use Audition to record uh, as well as edit. Um, we mostly use Audition to record if it's in person. Um, so that's all I'm going to say about Audition. Audition is pretty much top line as far as I'm concerned. Some other audio engineers who are more talented than me might say otherwise. Um, but that's what that's what I still use. That's what our, our other um, audio engineer, audio intern uses to edit as well. Um, now... You know, after COVID, we were kind of forced to go remote when it came to recording. And for a while, the setup that I did was I would record using Zoom and then simultaneously run uh, Audition on my laptop to capture mine and Evan's super high quality audio. And that would result in us having nice audio, the guest kind of subpar audio. Zoom was never good for it. Um, So through trials and trying different stuff and researching, finally came across Riverside, which is what we're using now. And is is honestly what I would recommend to anyone that's going to be mm-hmm. doing remote recordings. So kind of the whole gist of Riverside is recording locally. And what that actually means is both video and audio are recorded locally on your and the guest's computer. So for Nate, all of his audio is being stored on his computer. So if there's ever an interruption in our Wi-Fi or anything, there's no issues with either the video or the audio file. Same on my end. Um, yep. And they've take, they've actually taken it even a step further, which is an awesome perk for us that we use a lot in that you can actually have your video auto edited. Um, it's called like magic composition or something. You literally just select the, the video tracks that you want to be put into it and it'll like switch who's talking and everything. It's a brilliant little tool. Um, I don't know exactly what we pay for it. Nate, maybe know that off the top of your head. It is something that we pay for. It's not a free software, but it's not, a, it's not super expensive. It scales by how much you're doing. I think it's free to do like an hour a month, basically a trial. Mm-hmm. But then I think it's like 10 hours a month might be $15 or that something. Right. And then it's more yeah. than that yeah. if you go up. Well, it's well worth it. Um, yeah. 
It's well worth it. So aside from Riverside, the other piece of software that we're going to give a couple of shout outs to because it's pretty phenomenal uh, is Descript. So Descript is something, it's a crazy software. You could replace Audition completely with Descript and it's getting like even in our, our process for middle tech, it's becoming closer and closer to where we're replacing Audition with Descript. So you can record on Descript, um, but the more robust tool is going to come as you're editing everything. Um, so before we start getting into that, into the whole editing thing, we'll give Descript kind of a more in-depth little description and shout out here in a little bit. Um, but I want to talk a little bit more about hosting a podcast and being a, and, and helping your guest be a good guest on the podcast. So Nate, I'm interested to hear your perspective when you first started, when you and Evan both first started, you've never hosted a podcast before. Yeah. How did you learn how to conduct a conversation, how to host a podcast? I actually don't think I've ever mentioned this before, but back when we started, the podcast I listened to the most was the Jared Freed podcast. And if you haven't heard of him, people who haven't heard of him, he's a, uh, he's just a stand-up comedian who had a weekly podcast still does. I think, uh, the way I came across him was his podcast used to be called the TFM podcast, total frat move back when that was a thing. (laughs) And he was just hosting that. And then he, they rebranded it just to be, you know, his name. I think he cut ties with TFM, but, uh, he would just have a guest on and they would talk about random stuff and then answer listener emails and stuff like that. Um, but the way that he kind of differentiated himself on this podcast was just to be almost annoyingly energetic, like over the top. He used to literally be, I don't want to do it because I'm going to hurt your ears here, Logan, <laughs> but he would literally scream like, hello, and hold it for like a minute. <laughs> and it became like a joke. Welcome to the J Chain broadcast. My name is Jared Freed, and we're going to answer your questions, blah, 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 like screaming into the microphone. And then obviously tampered down a little after that, but just that same like high energy, like I am entertaining this microphone is my stage kind of mentality. And I toned that down a bit, but that's how I was in the early days. And I think you even made a meme one time about how to be like, hello and welcome back to the Metal Tech Podcast. Yes. My name is Nate Antetomasso. I'm yes. here with Logan Jones. Like that same cadence. Like yeah. I just basically got in my head what I wanted to do every time like he did, high energy, and just went with it. And then because you do that right at the top, it kind of helped you and then helped the guest like perk up and maintain like just, you know, an awareness the whole time, which I thought sounded good to the listener. Um, that was my style. Everybody has their own style, though. I think it just comes down to doing what makes you feel comfortable behind the mic. Yeah, I think one of the most important things with hosting a podcast is preparation. Like, yeah, be prepared. Um, I know that kind of goes mm-hmm. back to what we were just saying about discussion notes and everything. Uh, even if you're not making discussion notes, like research your guests, research the topic, um, try to be as knowledgeable as you can because that's just going to help you kind of flow the conversation and make it sound, I don't know, just better. Um, the second thing that I'll say about that is it takes practice. Like it took me a long time to get to the point I am now. I consider myself a decent conversationalist. Like I don't cringe when I listen to myself on the podcast anymore. It used to be terrible. Like when really? I, I hated it. I, I would go and listen and there would be so many ums, there'd be so many uhs, there's just cliche things yeah. that I would say. And kind of the reason I'm saying that is it really, really helps to go and listen back to yourself because everyone that I've ever talked to with podcasts or video or recordings of any sort always say like, I hate listening to myself. And yeah. 
you know, I was the one that was editing the podcast. So I was like <laughs> listening to everything that I would it's do It's torture. It's it fucking is. torture. <laughs> and I will say like one of the best benefits that I've gotten from being on Middle Tech is it's improved my conversational skills yes. exponentially. Like mm -hmm. I would hear every single time that I said, um, or, uh, or like, or, you know, and it's just this little subconscious thing that now I take it out of conversation a lot of times. And it makes yeah. you, it makes you sound a lot more intelligent if you can figure out how to do that. But that takes a lot of practice and a lot of intentionality. Like you, it's really hard to just be able to do that right off the bat when you start a podcast. Yeah. I've recognized that recently too, that I don't say, um, or, uh, much. I think I replace it too much with just dead air. Like when I'm having a conversation in real life, people sometimes will start talking cause they think <laughs> I'm done, but I'm just saying, um, in my head basically. And I think that's from, you know, doing the podcast. I mean, as far as like actually recording audio, I think that's probably what you should be doing is letting yeah. there be some dead air, maybe in conversation. Like you said, people will start talking <laughs> <laughs> when you give them a little bit of silence. Um, but yeah. those are my two biggest tips is like be prepared and then listen to yourself, like go back and listen to the recordings yourself. Those are the best ways that I can recommend to kind of become mm -hmm. a good conversationalist. I mean, I love talking to people anyway. So I was, I feel like I was at a decent spot in terms of being able to carry on a conversation. I feel like Evan always says this, you know, he's much more introverted than either of us are. He's, he's the last person anyone would expect to start a podcast. So, you know, just because you're not a super conversationalist, you can still, you can still do this. You can do it well. I honestly consider a lot of Evan's input when we're talking on the podcast to be like some of the most valuable input. And I think mm -hmm. the way that he kind of makes up for that is he is, I would consider him like the subject matter expert of middle tech. Like I know, I know technology and I, I typically can keep up with the conversations, but Evan is the one that like really applies those deep takeaways from the conversation and relates it to other things that he's been studying. And that's just because he's, he studies it he's always prepared coming into conversations and honestly it's just a huge asset to the podcast in general but that's just to say like if you're introverted i would rely more on the like the preparation stage yeah of, of i'm not gonna gas evan up too much but it goes back <laughs> it goes back to what we were saying of just you know make sure you're comfortable make sure you're prepared and you know talk about something that you're uniquely qualified to talk mm -hmm. about and when you have that base knowledge and you prepare and then you make yourself comfortable it doesn't matter if you're introverted or if you're not too energetic or whatnot, because what you're saying is valuable. For sure. And okay, so to move on to how to help your guest be a good guest, I actually wrote a whole blog about this. So I don't want to get too mm -hmm. in depth with it because I think it would honestly be worth just going and listening to the weekend thoughts that we did on this or reading the blog. But there's a lot that podcast hosts can actually do to help your guests be a good guest on the podcast. And that includes things like, uh, you know, helping them with discussion notes and kind of letting them know what type of podcast this actually is. Is it conversational? Is it question and answer? Um, is there cussing allowed? And then there's also the small detail things. You know, a lot of people like talking with their hands and they'll hit the table, which causes big thuds. Um, you know, a lot of it kind of comes down to just making your guests feel comfortable when it comes time to record as well. And that's yep. relates back to why we do intro calls. Um, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to hit on that too much. If you have anything you'd like to add to helping your guests be a good guest, um, go for it. But I think that kind of covers it. Yeah, no, I think in the same way you want to be prepared and comfortable, you want your guests to be as well. So however you find you can do that best will make for a better conversation. Yeah. I think maybe rather than like what to do, what not to do is 
just say, hey, let's record a podcast and then not say anything to them until they show up to record the podcast. Yeah. That leaves a lot of like, I don't know what to expect as the guest. Like you want to you want to have some sort of expectation, especially if they've never done one before. The setup I'm looking at that you have right now is fucking intimidating. (laughs) Like if you've had somebody who's never been on a podcast and then you throw these giant headphones on their head and whip around a mic on an arm in front of them and say, go like yeah it's just not gonna be good yeah for sure no that's a great point like being in if you have your guests into legit studio setting it actually is pretty intimidating <laughs> and it's intimidating even for the host like when i was trying to learn this this stuff it was like what am i getting myself into yeah okay um so now you've you've gotten your guests you've hit record you've gotten all the audio like almost half if not more of the process now is editing it in a way that sounds good and getting it out to listeners to actually listen to in all the places that you can find a podcast. So shoot, I could have a whole nother episode on the editing process and how we came to that. Um, I'm just going to quickly run through kind of how I learned because there's multiple routes to the same destination in terms of how you do this. I'll relate back to Adobe edition. That's what I still prefer to use. Although, like I said, it's getting closer to Descript. Um, and on audition, I take the audio we've recorded, uh, I'll do some background noise cancellation. So at the beginning of each episode, we give about five to 10 seconds of silence, no matter where we are for both. If it's remote, if it's in person, what that's doing is allowing the mics to absorb any background noise that even if you can't hear it, um, the mics might be picking it up so that in audition, there's a function you can run where you go and highlight that little portion of silence. And you can essentially think of that as like the baseline of what quiet is for you. So like, even if there's some wrestling going on outside or if the AC is on, you can use audition to like highlight that part and take it out of everything. So that it sounds like complete silence that, that goes a long way. Uh, the other really important thing without getting into too much detail is just getting all audio levels, like the same level. That's something I struggled with a ton. Uh, when I first started taking over editing on the podcast and I feel like honestly, I've, I'm just now getting to the point where we, we have it consistent. Um, but I'll either use normalize, which is a function on audition, or I'll do a hard limiter just to get to a consistent level. And my consistent level right now is negative two DB, uh, negative two decibels. So, and, you know, we just had a professional audio engineer come and audit our process and even that might change. Um, so that's all to say, like, I've learned all of this stuff through YouTube, YouTube university, you know, middle tech sponsored by YouTube university. If you literally even outside of podcasting, like if you want to learn anything, I even learned guitar through YouTube, like understand YouTube is an incredible tool. You can find anything you want. Um, Mike Russell, I think is, isn't that the, the name of the guy that you sent a video of not too long ago, Nate? Is it? I, I don't remember. I'm probably a bad consumer of creator content. I just use it and then discard whoever put it together. It is. Okay. So I just did a, a little yeah. quick search. It's Mike Russell. And I'm pretty much exclusively walk, watch his tutorials. He has so many out. So Mike Russell, um, he, he does specifically for Adobe Edition, and he is a wizard. He can make, like he'll, what, what his videos are, he'll like say, I'm going to solve echo, echo in audio in this one. He'll take a really echoey portion of audio, just like you would put it into yours, and he'll walk through each step to like make it sound really clean. And yeah, he does really good stuff. So that's like where I've learned everything. Okay, so. Like we mentioned, Audition is expensive. If you don't have Audition, what I'm going to recommend is Descript. Um, So now let's get a little bit more into what Descript actually does. Um, 
I've heard that they're building in more functionality around like noise cancellation and all of that stuff that I just mm-hmm. talked about with Audition. So that's probably when we'll start transitioning more of our process into Descript. Um, but do you want to highlight just real high level kind of like what Descript actually is and what it's doing for us? Yeah. So I believe Descript started with a simple idea to be like the easiest editing tool out there. Um, and the way that they kind of revolutionized this to start was you can edit first. It was just audio, but now it's video as well. You can edit those as if you were editing a word document. So you, you insert your audio or your video and it automatically transcribes it and it does a pretty good job. You know, obviously there's a word here or there that, that is off. Um, but it, it's pretty much exactly what's in your video, what's in your audio. It identifies the different speakers. It's pretty crazy. And then just as if you were reading your document and you want to take a sentence out, you literally highlight the text, press backspace, and that's gone from the sound or from the video. It is crazy. And then now they've built in these new features like you talked about where you can record directly in there, um, where you can do those basic like audio healing things like noise cancellation, like compression, normalization. Um, you can do that in there as well. So not only can you chop it up, but you can improve the quality. And I think they probably just need just a couple more features to be able to take over what anybody is doing, unless you're like a crazy professional making a movie. Um, it's, it's wild. I think that, that kind of idea of like editing anything simple with text is going to take over all kinds of different editing. Yeah. And it's something you kind of have to keep in mind when starting a podcast, like the name of the game is balancing efficiency with quality. Like, yes. It's always a trade-off. You can either be super inefficient and be like super high quality, which is what I was trying to do for a long time. I would like fi- go through our audio with a fine tooth comb and try to like take out, I would look at the w- literal wavelength of the audio and try to cut out the ums or the things where we messed up, but that's super inefficient. Um, and now what's kind of happening is that these softwares are popping up that allow you to be super efficient without so- sacrificing too much quality. Um, and that's what Descript is doing. Like the fact that you can, edit the audio that's attached to a video and it automatically cuts the video at the same time is a huge time saver, Mm -hmm. just that in itself. Um, But also like the way I use Descript is after it's been kind of like the more basic edits have been done in Audition, I'll drop it into Descript. I'll take out the stutters, the uhs, the ums, just make it kind of sound cleaner overall to listen to. Um, And then we also have done some video editing in it as well. But like I said, I think more and more of our process is going to continue moving into Descript. And uh, just a heads up, that is a paid software as well. Around the same price as um, Yeah, 15 as bucks or so a month. Yeah, definitely worth it. Um, I want to highlight what you just said there of like, you could either be perfect or you could be efficient. I think almost everybody should lean on the side of being efficient. Um, Like... There's so much content out there now and people consume so much and it's mostly on their phone. It's mostly, you know, while they're for audio, it's mostly while they're driving or while they're doing something else. Like people are not analyzing every second of your audio to make sure it's studio quality. The reason they're listening to you is because they care about what you have to say. So at the end of the day, the value of what you're saying, the value of your content is so much more important than how professional it sounds. So find those few things you can do to to heal it a little bit, to make it a little bit better, but focus on the content itself because that's what matters. Yeah, and that's a great point. Something we've even been playing around with is like almost having a brand of audio quality. 
So like with go there mm-hmm. and with, with yeah. the, with a view podcast, um, we're intentionally leaving kind of the ambiance of whatever setting we're in, in the audio as kind of a way to brand. Like when you're listening to one of our episodes, you just know immediately, Oh, this is such and such as episode because of the way the audio sounds. So that's something to kind of keep in mind too. Like you can build a brand around the way your audio actually sounds. Um, for sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. I think that kind of wraps up the whole editing process. There's a lot that goes into that. My biggest piece of advice is just YouTube, like YouTube university, it all your way to figuring out what the heck you're doing. Now, I agree. once you've edited your audio, you've got that file exported. The last step is to get it from your computer into the millions of listeners devices that are going to be consuming your podcast. And the software that we use is, I, I want to say heaven sent because it makes it so simple. <laughs> like I think we're taking it for granted all it's doing it for yeah. us. And we continue to kind of bitch about the the data we get back from it. But when you think about it, like anchor is a pretty sweet tool. Yeah. And I realized how sweet of a tool it was when I was talking to somebody else who does a podcast and they're like, I use Squarespace to host and like, I have to do all this different stuff. And I was like, dude, no, 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 no. You need to use Anchor. Like Anchor, so the the workflow of Anchor is you upload your audio. Um, it takes it, it pushes it to like literally every podcast platform you could think of, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, mm-hmm. like all of them, all of them. Um, you add in your cover art, you add in some show notes, you schedule it and you're done. Like if if I was super efficient about the process and stayed focused on publishing an episode when it's time to publish for middle tech, I could probably get it done in 10 or 15 minutes. Like it's that quick. Oh yeah. And it's going, it's going on all platforms, like all at once. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty sick. Yeah. There's so podcasts without getting too technical podcasts run on RSS feed, which is a, to, from my understanding, it's almost like an API. It just puts this audio file out there in the wild. And then Apple, you know, has to come look for it and say, Oh, there's a new episode. Let me put it on Apple. Spotify does the same thing. So anchor manages your RSS feed and, you know, helps you push the stuff to the different platforms. The, the weird thing, even with a great tool like anchor is when you start a podcast, you're starting a new RSS feed and it can be a bitch. It can take up to two weeks to get on all of the platforms. Apple is the worst just because they're Apple. As you can expect, they do their own thing on their own time. Like, it literally can take 14 days. So don't finish editing your podcast the night before you want to post it. Uh, always get get a teaser trailer out there or something just to establish this feed. Get the actual show on the platforms. So then when you're ready to publish an episode, you can get it quickly through that feed that's already there. Yeah, but don't let this step intimidate you. Like Anchor yeah. has made it so easy to get to that point that that's honestly one of the least time consuming parts of the entire process now is actually getting out there, which it, that's how it should be. It shouldn't be too difficult to get your podcast out there. So once you have it on anchor anchor, will give you data around your seven day audience, your seven day unique listeners, how many listens each episode has. Um, but as you get deeper and deeper into this, and especially like for middle tech, we want a lot more robust data around that. Uh, there's places to get it. Our friends over at Podchaser are doing a great job of collecting that data as well. Although um, it's a paid service to have access to that. And honestly, we already pay for kind of enough things um, and we're, <laughs> we're not super monetized. We'll get into that in just a second, how we've kind of gone about monetizing our podcast. Um, but it gives you it gives you the data that you would need if you're getting started. Like that's that's pretty much all you need. It's just when you kind of get on down the road and you want to get a little bit more in depth with the analytics that there's still, it leaves a little bit 
to be desired, in my opinion. Yep. Yep. For sure. So that's, okay, you've got a podcast out on the air. Congratulations. That is a big undertaking, a big accomplishment to have recorded something and get it out there to where it's accessible to pretty much anyone on the planet at this point. It's quite an accomplishment. Um, now the other hurdles are going to be consistency. Um, consistency is probably the number one issue with podcasts. I, I forget mm-hmm. what percentage it is, but some wild percentage of podcasts only have like one episode and even higher percentage yeah. only have 10. Um, middle tech's been lucky enough to somehow make it to 157 now, honestly, more like 180. I think if you count the other series that we've made, yeah. Um, but that is, I credit most of that to an awesome team that is really passionate about solving what the, the issue that we're solving, which kind of goes back to why are you starting your podcast in the first place? Make sure that's really kind of rock solid because it does. There are times when it sucks to have a podcast, like trying to put, especially a weekly podcast, like trying to put out an episode every single week turns into a grind sometimes. Now, the good thing is like, we genuinely enjoy doing this. So this is kind of like a break in my week to sit down here with Nate and like record an episode. And this is fun, but there are times when you're, it stresses you out to, to be like, hey, yeah. what am I going to put out this next week? Um, so just having like a really solid mission is a good way to combat the consistency part of it. But that's, in my opinion, one of the most important parts to trying to not only start a podcast, but start a podcast that actually catches on. Like do not expect to put out your first episode and get even 50 listens on that first episode. Oh, that would be wild. Yeah. Unless, <laughs> unless you have like a, unless you're a celebrity or an influencer and you already have a yeah. pre-built audience that you're pushing it to. Like if you're just putting it out, like Nate and Evan did when they were first starting middle tech, you get hardly any listens, but don't do not let that discourage you. Cause it just takes a long time to build up an audience completely organically. Yeah. When we published our first episode, I sent it to a bunch of family members. Evan did the same at Fuji. They, put it in like the company Slack, which was like almost a hundred people at that time. We send it to a bunch of people in Lexington in entrepreneurship space, like a couple hundred people all in probably. And we got like 15 listens. No, even these are people we know and who would be interested in what we have to say on the subject. And, you know, that's just the nature of the game, but that consistency, like you said, will slowly over time after many episodes grow that audience. Yeah. And another thing that helps with consistency is building out a team around it, which if you're able to do would highly recommend, I'd highly recommend having co-hosts. Um, we're lucky enough to kind of have a full team of nine or 10 people. Now we, we kind of cycle people out because we're part-time people will come in and contribute where they can and then step back when they, mm-hmm. when their bandwidth gets overloaded. But, um, you know, having that team that you can kind of divvy up responsibility is, is huge to at least to allow us to run it at the scale that we do. We kind of consider middle tech more of a media brand or a media company at this point, rather than only a podcast. You know, we have, a pretty large social media presence. Uh, we've got a good amount of followers all across our social media channels. We put out YouTube videos as well. Um, it takes a lot to do all that. We also have blog content as well. And what's allowed us to do that was monetizing the podcast. And I feel like that's something that a lot of people talk about. There's a lot of different opinions on how to do that. The reason we were able to do it is because our content is so niche and so tailored to a specific audience that when we decided we wanted to try and throw some, some ads in there, um, some, some partnerships. We knew we didn't want it to just be like anyone. We didn't want to just have an ad for, I don't know, green, I don't know, some random brand, insert some random brand here, <laughs> like that would, that would be on Joe. Fit tummy tea. Fit tummy tea. Sure. <laughs> like we wanted our, the, the classic sponsorship. 
we knew we wanted our our even our sponsorships to have to add value to the podcast. Yeah. So so what we did was kind of exercise some of our prior relationships. We got Dan Beldy, who's a local venture capitalist here, um, that's invested. He invested in Fuji. He's invested in a lot of the local companies around here. Uh, he's one of our main sponsors. And then Lane Betterment, uh, that you guys hear at the beginning of each episode. The reason they wanted to sponsor us is because of how niche our audience was. We were talking to the people that they wanted to get their brand out in front of. Uh, so that's that's how we monetized ours was by being super niche and then going to those people who were trying to get in front of that really niche audience. And through monetizing the podcast, Nate, I'll let you talk about the other ways we monetize as well. Yeah. Um, with content in general, obviously, sponsorships is the main way to monetize. There's becoming a big push for um, subscription content now. Both Apple and Spotify have a feature um, where you can subscribe to a podcast and then maybe get, you know, a, an exclusive episode once a month. Or, you know, I think you can do like blog content under that as well. Um, just your super fans basically can can say that they want to pay to get a little bit more. And there are some big creators who are making a lot of money um, doing that. But all that aside, like if, if if you grow a big enough audience, you can make a lot of money putting out content like you can get rich. Content is a a good game to be in if your audience is a big enough size. But chances are it it will never be. You know, quite frankly, we're it's not for us. You know, and we're we're not rich off of this. We don't make money ourselves really. It all goes back into the business. And that's okay. You you should not start putting out content with the idea of becoming rich. You should put out content to help your personal brand, to grow your network, just to have fun talking about what you want to talk about, whatever it is. But if if your goal is to say, I'm going to get a million listeners and then I'll make X dollars, good luck, because it's going to take you a long-ass time to do that, unless you're like the best podcast host in the world. Um, so I think to the to sum that whole thing up and maybe, you know, maybe kind of the whole message overall is like, just start putting stuff out there, but don't do it for the money do it because you want to yeah that's for sure and i do definitely agree that like don't do it for the money i do think it's worth mentioning like this podcast space is heating up like crazy right now we're we're constantly talking about seeing some of these media companies raising millions and millions of dollars and podcast networks being valued at crazy valuations um you know it's not out of the realm of possibility that if you start a podcast maybe five years down the road which we've only been at middle tech for three years and it feels like a long time like Five years, you know, you look at that and be like, five years isn't that long, but it feels like a long time when you're doing it. Yeah. You know, stuff can, when you're putting something out every week. Yeah. And five it's years a while. The thing about it is it's compounding. Like it's all, yeah. all of that, like all 180 episodes that we have in our feed are in our feed forever. Like you can go back and we still get tons of listens on our older episodes. Like that's, that makes up a good portion of our overall listens for a single week as people are going back and listen to our, listening to our old content. So that's something to understand as well. It's like, it's all compounding. The more you put out, the more of a content library people have to go and listen to, the more, I guess you consider valuable your podcast becomes. So it's all just one of those things where the consistency, the grind, uh, the having the full content library at all is compounding uh, when it when you think of creating a valuable brand through starting a podcast. For sure. Just talk about what you want to talk about. Talk about what you want to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Well... That about sums up what all we do to start middle tech. I mean, we could, there's several topics within there that we could have dove into some more detail on, but I think that pretty much covers it. Yeah. I think just find the path of least resistance 
be prepared, be comfortable, be passionate, and go for it. Yeah, and I think I'll sign us off by saying uh, we're all very open to helping others out if they want to start their podcast. So you can DM Middle Tech Pod at Middle Tech Pod on pretty much any of the social channels. You can DM either of us. I'm at Lojo22 on Instagram is probably where I'm most active. What's your handle, Nate? It I when I created my handle, I thought it'd be so easy to understand, but no one ever does. It's Nate Ante because my last name is Anta Tommaso, so it's N A T E A N T E. So just type that out. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've been rethinking it recently. I'm like, should I change this up? <laughs> I think that's clever. I like it. Well, all right, that ought to do it for this episode. We hope you guys have gotten some value out of it. Um, like we said, if you have questions, feel free to reach out. We'd love to know what you thought about the meta podcast here, the podcast about podcasting. 